0: Hallelujah. He's been so good to me. Amen. I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in this house today. I feel His Spirit here today. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, if you'll open them to the book of James chapter 4. Amen. God is so good to us. Thankful for His touch. Thankful that I serve a living God, a healing God. Amen. Praise God. James chapter 4, verse number 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. The first part of that says draw nigh to God. And what does God do in return? He draws nigh to us. The very last part says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And what does he do? He will lift us up. Amen. He will lift us up. I want to preach to you for a few moments this afternoon on the reactions of God. The reactions of God. I wonder if we could just set our Bibles down for a moment. We could just lift our hands. Our hearts unto heaven, come on, lift your voice with me today. Could you just lift your voice, open up your mouth, and say, God, I need your word today. I need you to speak to me today, God. I need you to touch me with your spirit. Lord, I need you to move upon my life today, God. We need a touch from you. We want to leave here changed for the better by the power of your word and the power of your spirit, God. We give you praise and we give you glory, God. We're so thankful today. For you have been good to us. You've been good to us. Could you give it, God a hand clap of praise here tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. The reactions of God. Does God react? To anything? This is a very good question. I've heard it said before that God does not react, but He just acts. Although that sounds good, and it sounds like a statement supporting the almighty power of our God, it's not exactly a true statement today. But God does react to some things by doing some things. Our text states, after all, that if we draw nigh unto Him, He will draw nigh unto us. That's a reaction. If we humble ourselves, He will lift us up. That is a reaction of God. Matthew chapter 24 says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He saves us. That's a reaction from God. If we confess our sins, 1 John says, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a reaction from God. If we suffer, 2 Timothy says, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny us, if we deny Him, rather, He will also deny us. These scriptures tell me that our God does, in fact, react to the things we do. How many know that today? I want to talk to you today about three different reactions of God. These three reactions are reactions to our actions. The things we do. The three things I want to talk about is a silent God, a blessing God, and a moving God. A silent God, a blessing God, and a moving God. Luke chapter 23, verse 8, says, When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous, To see him of a long season. Because he had heard many things of him. Herod had of Jesus. And he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him in many words. But he answered nothing. It says Jesus answered nothing. He said not a word. Jesus, almighty God robed in flesh. Was Silent to Herod. Why was he silent when he was spoken to by Herod? Why didn't he perform miracles as Herod wanted? And. It, After all, it would have left no doubt in Herod's mind exactly who this Jesus Christ was if he would have performed a miracle. I'm sure there was a dead man around that needed raising up. I'm sure there was a blind man around that needed to see. There was undoubtedly a deaf man in town whose ears could have been unstopped. Why didn't Jesus perform a miracle for Herod that day? Why did... Jesus decided to remain silent. He could have left no doubt that he was God manifest in the flesh. But what we don't see in that passage is that although they didn't know one another personally, Jesus and Herod had a little bit of a history. We go over to Mark chapter 6, and we see Herod. It says, And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that is Elias... Others said this is a prophet. he's one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He's risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It's not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and holy and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I'll give it to thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom, all the way up to half of my kingdom. I'm going to give you whatever you want. So she went forth, said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry. He didn't want to do this. Yet for his oath's sake and for their sakes that which sat with him, he would not reject her. He didn't turn down her request. He immediately sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought on a charger. And they went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. Herod had John the Baptist beheaded. He had his head cut off. He killed John the Baptist. He cut his head off. Then we see in our Bible, in our previous passage, that he expected God to speak and even to perform miracles for him. Can I tell you on this Sunday afternoon that one way to silence the voice of God is to cut the head off the man of God in your life. Cut the head off the preacher. I don't mean to scare you, and I don't mean to scare Pastor McCall. Hopefully nobody's going to behead the pastor today. But what I'm speaking about is so many times we can come to the house of God, and we can tune out the voice of God in our life, or cut the head off the Word of God in our life. We can cut the head off the preacher. Cut the head off the voice of God in our life. And God turns silent. God turns silent in our life. We can come up against the preacher. Tune out the word of God that he speaks. We will then encounter a silent God. Do not let your actions get to the point to where God is silent in your life. I don't want to get to the point in my life where God no longer speaks to me, where God no longer impresses things upon my heart, where the Spirit of God no longer moves upon me. I don't want to get to that point in my life. But I want to hear the Word of God. I want to hear the man of God. I want to hear the preacher in my life. I want to hear what my pastor has to say in my life. Don't. Cut off the head of the preacher. Rather, let our actions trigger the reactions of not a silent God, but a blessing God. I need a blessing God in my life. If God is going to react to my life and to the things that I do, I hope my actions will cause a reaction of a blessing God, not a silent God. I need a God who blesses in my life. How many of us need a blessing God here today? Do you want to experience a blessing God? The Bible says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's a reaction Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. These are the words of Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If I'm merciful, the reaction of God is that He is merciful toward me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want to live a blessed life today. How many want to live a blessed life today? Amen. I need a blessing, God, in my life. he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If I want to live a blessed life, I have to live blessed actions. I have to have my actions cause reactions of a blessing God, not a silent God. I want to encounter a blessing God in my life. If you want to encounter a blessing God, Micah 6 and 8 says to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. I want to encounter a blessing God in my life. How many feel that way here today? So we've talked about a silent God. And we've talked about a blessing God. Thirdly, here today, I want to talk to you about a moving God. A moving God. We need a moving, living God in our lives. From the moment of creation all the way to the day that we live in today, there is an overwhelming evidence of a moving God. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters And God said, let there be light, and there was light. From the very beginning, there was a moving God. And when He moved, He spoke. And when He spoke, miracles happened. I need a moving God. I need a speaking God who will speak a word into my life and bring forth a miracle in my life. I cannot live my life without miracles in my life from an almighty God. I need a moving God today. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place, and let dry land appear, and it was so. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after His kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And guess what? It was so. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. God said that the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl that may fly above the earth and open the open firmament of heaven. He moved and He spoke and He created out of nothing. Out of nothing, he moved and he spoke, and now we see this majestic creation. All of what started out in the first couple verses as darkness and void upon the face of the earth, he created it out of darkness, out of void. Out of nothing. Things were dark in the second verse of Genesis. Things were void and things were empty. It is an environment that is dark, void, and empty that there's just not a whole lot to work with. Is that profound or what? If it's dark and it's void and it's empty, there's just not much there. So it's not a whole lot to work with. It's not like he had some materials to work with to, to create the grass. He didn't. It's not like he had different, different parts of other things so he could make a bird that would reproduce other birds. It didn't happen that way. He started out with Nothing. It was dark. It was void. There was nothing. What a disadvantage, we think. What a disadvantage he started out with. But I believe if God had to do it all over again, he would have done it exactly the same way He didn't want anything to start with. He didn't need anything to start with. He wanted the void, and He wanted the darkness to start with. He wanted the nothing. He wanted the nothing to start with. It was impossible. He wanted it to be so dark and so void and so empty that once He did create the beautiful creation that He created, that there would be no doubt in anybody's mind that this was the work of God Almighty. Why was there no doubt? Because it was absolutely impossible for this creation to come from nothing. It was impossible. It was impossible. somebody tells you about a Big Bang Theory, you go ahead. You got my permission, just call him a moron, because that was impossible. That was impossible. When it says there was dark and it was void, that doesn't mean there were gases to come together and create an explosion. There were no gases. It was dark and it was void. There was nothing. There was nothing but God created the heaven and the earth. Everything within out of nothing. He created it out of nothing. There wasn't a big bang, there was a creation from God Almighty. Within the span of just a few days. He created all that we have. All that we see. All that we partake of. With nothing. With nothing. There is a word for that. That word is impossible. He did it in the most impossible of situations he had abs- he didn't just have little to work with he wasn't just at a disadvantage he had nothing but he created and he created and he created some more he made the most majestic creations that nobody else could have imagined and he did it from nothing impossible that is the word that prompts God to move. It's impossible. That's the word that prompts God to speak. It is impossible. That is the word that prompts God to create. That word is impossible. Somebody say impossible. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them with man... This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I don't understand it. I can't wrap my mind around it. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Let's give Him praise for a moment. Could we do that? Hallelujah. 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 If you're living in the impossible today, if you're dwelling in the realm of impossibility today, I have come to this church and come to this pulpit today to encourage you that you serve a God who thrives in the impossible situation. Be thankful today that you're living in the realm of the impossible Because you know what that means? It means that God is about to move. God is about to move. You can't serve a silent God in the realm of impossibility because God just can't help himself when he's in an impossible situation. He is going to move. God is about to move. If you're going through the storm today, if you're in the trial today, be thankful for it today. Go ahead and put a smile on your face and have faith in God because He is about to move in your situation. I speak that in faith and I speak it in Jesus' name. He's about to move in your situation today. He's about to move He's about to move. Why don't you just receive that from the Lord right now in Jesus' name? Come on, if you've got a situation, why don't you just lift your hand and say, God, I receive it. You're moving in my situation right now in Jesus' name. I receive it in the name of Jesus. God is moving. God is moving. God is moving. Have faith in your impossible situation because God is moving. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen yet moved with fear prepared an ark for the saving of his house. By faith, Abraham, it goes on and on. In Hebrews chapter 11, Moses, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Joseph. Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Did all these things by faith. I want to tell you today that if you're looking for a moving God, if you're looking for a God who will react to your situation, just have faith in your impossible situation. All you've got to do is have faith in God. Have faith. What shall I more say? Time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens." Women receive their dead back to life. by faith. Have faith in God. In your impossible situation have faith in God. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. His spirit is about to move. He's about to speak His word and miracles will happen when God moves and God speaks, but He does that in the realm of the impossible. He does that in the realm of the impossible. So many times we're living our lives in what I would call safe mode. We don't take any risk. We don't step out. We live so safely and so cautiously. But in reality, when we live like that and we fail to step out on faith, we are running an even greater risk because we risk turning our God into the silent. God. I don't want a silent God. I don't want a silent God. Yeah, I I do want things to go well in my life. I do want things to go well in my life. But God, if you've got to send a couple trials my way to stay real and stay moving in my life, go ahead and send me an impossible situation. I would rather have a moving God than a silent God. I would much rather have a moving God than a silent God because when he goes silent and I don't have his word speaking into my life and I don't have the influence of a man of God in my life what happens in my life before I know it I don't even have a silent God but I don't even have a God I'm godless I'm worldly Because I played it safe. I wonder how many today, could you just lift your hand if you want to step out on faith today? Come on, how many would just say, I want to step out on faith today. I want a moving God. I want a moving God. I want a blessing God. I've got to step out on faith. I can't be afraid of the impossible situations. I can't be afraid of the impossible trials. But I need a moving God. Some of us today, we feel like we're living in the impossible, don't we? Sometimes we feel like we're living in it. Because it's one thing after another. Oh God, I need about a list of about 17 miracles today. Can you just do them one by one, God? I'm living in the impossible. You know what? That's right where God wants us. He wants us to need Him. He wants us to have a desire for Him. He wants us to have the mindset that God, I cannot live without Your touch in my life every single day. I can't live without it. I can't live without it. This was the mindset of Daniel. When they said for 1 month you can't pray. For 1 month you can't pray to your God. Oh Daniel, it's 30 days. Don't worry Daniel. You're going to be all right. 30 days, just keep it silent. You're going to be okay after 30 days. After the 30 days is up, you can hoop, you can holler, you can do whatever you want, Daniel. But for 30 days, I just need you to just kind of turn God off a little bit. It's okay, just tell Him you'll be back later, Daniel. It's okay. But Daniel said, I can't go 30 days without my God. I can't go one day without God. I will not bow to any other. He is my God. I can't go another day without a moving God and a blessing God. I cannot live a day with a silent God. We give God thanks and praise here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't go another day without a Spirit moving up on my life, without His Word speaking into my life. I can't go another day without Him working miracles in my life. I really, honestly, honestly, some of you know me real well, some of you don't know me that well. I don't know how you view my life and the way that I live. I'm I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. But I honestly feel that every single day, I cannot go another day without a miracle in my life. I can't go another day without His touch moving upon my life and His miracles being manifest in my life. I could not live with a silent God. I have to have His blessing. I have to have Him moving and speaking upon my life. I really feel like I live in the impossible. If you don't feel like that today, you need to get there. It's the most rewarding life You'll ever live when you live trusting and depending upon God Almighty. I need the miraculous working daily in my life. And I also need to recognize that any and every provision that I have is a miracle and a blessing from God Almighty. Could we thank Him for that for just a moment? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can't go another day without Him moving. I can't go another day without Him blessing. I have to live by faith if I want a moving God. You won't have a moving God in your life if you don't live by faith. If you don't live by faith. About seven years ago, in the summer of 2009, I went to a camp meeting in Redfield, Arkansas. Brother Denny Livingston was the preacher that year. He was preaching that night on the anointing. And he was talking about the oil and how the anointing oil was made and how they mixed in all the spices, the cinnamon, the myrrh. They mixed them in. And they took the olives, and he said, and then at that point, it was time to crush everything. Everything had to be crushed for the oil to be created. In the art of the apothecary, there had to be a crushing for the oil to be created. And that night, I'll never forget it as long as I live. He said, if you want the anointing in your life, you're going to have to go through a period of time in your life when you are absolutely crushed. When there is a crushing upon your life. And I remember that night, I found an altar and I... I said, God, I want the anointing in my life like never before. I've got to have the anointing. And if it takes a crushing, God, I want to be crushed. I'll never forget that prayer that I prayed that night. Because over the next couple years, I went through life, and I walked around, With a feeling of absolutely being crushed. A feeling of absolute despair and loss and grief. But after that couple of years was over. There was something that happened in my life and something that happened in my ministry. I felt an anointing of God like I had never ever felt before. And it only came after I was crushed. And I've come to speak to somebody in this house today. I feel that very same anointing upon me right now. I know I'm speaking to somebody by the power of the Holy Ghost today. You are going through a trial and you're going through a storm. And it is meant for you. It is 100% meant for you to be living in the realm of the impossible right now. Because God wants to bring you low, 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 until He can do a miracle in your life. He wants to be the God of daily miracles for you. I believe that right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Could you stand with me this afternoon? I have to live by faith. I have to live by faith today. If you're going through a trial today, if you're going through a storm today, the only advice that I have, number one, live by faith. And number two, just praise God for it. Just praise Him for it. Just praise Him for it. Anybody going through a hard time tonight? I know a lot of us could lift our hands. Don't be embarrassed if you're just going through a little bit of a tough time right now. I wonder if we could just lift our hands and give Him praise for a moment. And give Him thanks for a moment. Jesus, I thank you right now. I love you right now. I give you praise right now. I thank you for your goodness, God. Lord, you've been so good to me. I thank you, Lord, for the storm that I'm in right now. I thank you for the trial that I'm in. I thank you most of all that you are a blessing, God, in my life. I thank you most of all that right now, even though I'm in a trial, you are a moving God. You're moving in my situation. You're moving in my situation. Come on, God's moving in your situation right now. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God is moving right now. He is moving right now. Oh, you wonder how is God going to react right now? I'll tell you how God's going to react. He's going to bless. And He's going to move. And He's going to bring miracles into your life. He's going to bring miracles into your life. The word of God says he inhabits the praises of his people. I wonder if there's anybody right now you could step out of your pew and step in the aisle and walk up to the altar and say, God, I'm going to give you praise right now. I'm going to give you praise right now because it says you inhabit the praises of your people. So when I praise you, you're going to step into my situation. When I praise you, you will start to move. And do miracles in my life. Come on, if you need a moving God, why don't you give Him praise right now? If you need a blessing God, give Him praise right now. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. I thank you for the place that I'm in right now, God. I thank you for the place that I'm in right now, God. For I can feel you moving. I can feel you blessing my life. Oh, Lord, I have faith for miracles right now. I have faith for miracles right now. <laughs> I've got faith for miracles right now. Uh, you're to run up you. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God.